0: Well, good morning, everybody. It looks a little different from this side. (laughs) Uh, And it's quite something, you know. uh, Sometimes a local body uh, takes a long time to recover from a preach. (laughs) And I reached into my notes, uh, and I have them here. And it was on the 2nd of April, uh, 2011. And so Grant, Lisa, <laughs> it was in the Scout Hall. Uh, some of us were there. I, uh, Phil, I know that Gina was there because she reminded me. She said, look, Mark, I've come out of counseling, but, <laughs> but I do remember. <laughs> so it has been a long time. Uh, indeed, uh, so, uh, so, and I looked at these notes, you know, and um, it was quite interesting, and I, uh, Grant, you probably have got a better fix on this, because the first reference was to elders and cricket, and I have absolutely no what that is, and obviously I know that Rob and Kirstie were there, because um, because the word in is yes, so obviously i didn 't know you quite as well in those days, <laughs> uh, and there may have been indeed uh, others uh, who were subject to to that, so obviously, my darling wife was there at the time, and uh, uh, she's supported me, and she's we, she and I have walked this this journey together as well so but there is, uh, in in, in all, every local body there are a few. Touchy subjects, you know, they really are, um, and I guess uh, the, the the short straw has landed on me on this particular touchy subject. There are others, however, um, and uh, we're quite looking forward to because uh, one of the other touchy subjects is coming up. So I'm giving you forewarning, um, and I got the short straw on the finance side, but. But Jacques has got the one on sex, so <laughs> i have just give you... And and he said, I obviously must do it because I'm an expert in that area. So I, I <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, But seriously, there is a reluctance um, for us uh, to chat about these things. I mean, we... We as uh, this local body, and, and I really want to just say, Grant and Lisa, we honor you, uh, and uh, we are just so delighted you're here, and we, we honor our roots, and we honor you, and we really love you guys. But it's been three years since since this local body's been going, and we haven't really Gone near this particular subject, now we know there are other guys in town who love this subject, and they will give you a good blast uh, every time you get together and and I, and i and I wondered well why why is that and and i do I have a sense that part of that other than the the, the sensitivity is that that this eldership this local body is going for freedom for its people uh, and fruit for its people. And freedom, sometimes when you talk about finances, is the last thing. Everybody takes a deep breath and they say, guys, we know where this thing is going. They need bucks uh, and here comes the preach. And it's, it's condemnation. That's not freedom. And one has a sense that, that this local body hasn't gone near it because they honor freedom so much and they honor fruitfulness that actually comes out of freedom. But it's, it's something that's, that is truth and life, and I guess we do need to, to chat about it. I will say as well, and those who are feeling that, Mark, no matter how you package this thing up and make it all look pretty, uh, you're just after our bucks as a local church. This local church is, is well-reserved, uh, our needs are met. Our income for the month kind of meets our our, our output, and so so please be at rest on on you know on on, on that side. So, so we talk about uh, kind of a you know. So I mean, finances is one thing, but I think. Um, kind of freedom and fruit in finances, baby, are hopefully where we want to take this thing. and we Hopefully we'll come out of, even today, and the thoughts that we have today on, on that. I also want to say the following, is that the thoughts are being shared just by a believer. This is not now the doctrine of the local this local church. It is just my thoughts to share with you, for you to consider, for you to be prayerful of, uh, and for you to, to, you know, to really decide what truth they may, and what, what freedom may, may come for you. So, as that as a background, you know, when we look, um, I guess, at church history, it, it has been, and it continues to be, this walk for the body of Christ into freedom, and from a place of freedom into fruitfulness. And I'm by no means a church historian, but if you go back starting, you know, I don't know, start wherever you want to start. Uh, Martin Luther, uh, salvation by grace, you don't earn. That must have been a great move into freedom and huge fruitfulness. You know, if we link uh, the Reformation to the Renaissance, it's a huge amount of fruitfulness that came out of those years. and I, there must be so much. But even if you look in the last hundred years or so, what what freedom has come, and what fruit is coming as a result of that? We think of Azusa Street, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which had been lost for many, many years, and then the power of the Holy Spirit as a result of that out, you know, that that outpouring, and how that's brought us into freedom, and then into fruit. Uh, I guess if we looked at the, the kind of the mid-20th century, we get people like Oral Roberts bringing the question of healing back into the church, and we contend for that. Uh, we go on a little bit later, uh, and I guess that whole bringing faith back in and trusting God and in faith was, was another thing that, that brought freedom and brought truth. Linked to that, there was a lot of guys... God doesn't actually want you poor. He does want you prosperous and well looked after. And there was that whole flow. And then we moved, I guess, into one of the latest kind of uh, recapturing of ancient truths. And, and that has been this, this glorious gospel of grace. And uh, where we are just, we as believers are slowly moving into this, we kind of have left the law behind, you know. No longer is it do good and get good do bad get bad you know obey and you'll be okay you know disobey and you get cursed and we've just we've moved out of that and i think that's brought enormous freedom into into the body of christ and so we really do thank god for for that for that freedom but in all of that i just wonder whether we've achieved just generally in the body of christ this freedom in the area of finances. And I just wonder whether there's so much kind of law and grace mixed still in the area of finances. Um, and I'm just wondering whether that in this next phase that there will be a move into more grace when it comes to to, to the question of of, of, of giving. So... Uh, so when we come to finances, I mean, I think I think let's deal with the hard truth. Well, what does the word say in terms of new covenant? As much as it says, by his stripes you were healed, we have to honestly say, well, what does it say about finances? And Paul says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So as much as it's a covenant blessing, to walk in protection, in peace, in forgiveness. It's a covenant blessing to actually walk in this area of of, of provision. And it's got to be a sealed deal uh, in, in, that, in, in that regard. Uh, and so we have to really stand firm, uh, firm in that in, in, in that in that position. Um, but I think what has happened for for the body of Christ in, in general is, well, how, how, do we, how do we receive uh, in this area of grace? If he's done it all, well, what is our heart response? Our heart response is what we've been talking about recently. We immerse ourselves in it, we believe it, we open our hearts and we say, Father, I, I receive it. That's, that's the heart response to grace. And we never do something... To get God's approval, we never do something to release grace. Now we may, once we've received grace, do something, but we never do anything to earn His favor, His grace, His blessing in our, in, in our lives. Um, but when I listen to even the grace teachers, you know, in the Body of Christ, they are very, very strong on this unconditional love, this unconditional favor. But they, they. Keep quite quiet about this inconvenient truth that, that we are already blessed, that we don't do anything to get blessed, we are already blessed. Uh, it isn't I think quite an inconvenient truth uh, in, in in the body of Christ because we've come out of this this, this law thing where you do, I give, I receive. We've come out of this law thing, um, and, and I think the body of Christ is a little bit hesitant to move into full grace. Why do I say that? Well, you've got to understand that there's risk involved. You know, when you say to people, a little bit like Paul says concerning sin, look, you are forgiven. Your current, your future sins are forgiven, and it's a little bit scary for people to say, you are blessed. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you give or you don't give, you are blessed. Uh, and for those who rely on finances, it's a scary place to go. So I think we are still a little bit in the body of Christ, linked in this whole thing about a mix um, of grace uh, and 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 law in the area of finance. But the truth of the matter is that we are already blessed, and our firm position has to be the, be the following. Lord... I am already blessed. I am already amply, amply supplied," says says the uh, um, the amplified Bible. I'm already there. Now, I'd also accept to you that there's always a response to grace. You know, in a sense, faith without works is 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 dead. So, once we immerse ourselves in the truth that we are already abundantly supplied in Christ, we obviously become Holy Spirit led. That's the, the the walk of the pilgrim. Lord, I am blessed, I don't want to walk into this blessing, what are you telling me to do? Um, It could be get a second job, it could be go and study here, it could be that dream of a business, yes, so we do do certain things, you know, that I I will accept. Um, And I would also accept that a response to grace um, could well be that Holy Spirit says, well, Get that packet of biscuits and go and bless somebody, or sow some money into that ministry. But those are all responses to grace. We always respond to grace, as opposed to uh, do something to get God's grace. Um, and you know, in the we we've all heard of amazing stories about people who have who have grasped this, who have really realize and come to the firm conclusion that God is their provider, and they may be in a in a sticky place, and they have really, how can I say it, they, they've been like Peter on the water. They've just gone, and they've attacked lack. They haven't done something to get God's favor, but they've attacked lack. And so we do see how people have really uh, used finances in the most powerful for a powerful way, but always as a response to grace, as opposed to receiving it. You know, so we don't want to make a doctrine about uh, about that. But 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 there is truth as we as we live by the Holy Spirit. You know, you think you think of the rich young ruler for a moment. I mean, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Uh, but he said, by the Holy Spirit, he said, you only lack one thing. I mean, this guy was a remarkable guy. It's only one thing that he lacked. I mean, I would have liked to have been him. And he says, just take everything and sell it and give it to the poor and follow me. So Now, we don't want to make a doctrine out of that, but that's more a response or an urge to respond to grace. So, guys, we don't have to give to get. Uh, we may be called because we have to to give. And so we have to we have to position ourselves. We are already provided for, we are already blessed, uh, and that is that, that is our position concerning our own provision. But having established that and remained really firm in that, we the thing about it is that the the Lord wants to move us from freedom, I mean into freedom, and then from freedom into fruitfulness. Um, and so, so, so once we've really established in our heart that we we don't have to do anything to get God's favor, we we we, we already have it. Um, there is this question of either catching or being taught how to walk into fruitfulness in the area of of of, of giving, and. You know, I think all of us carry quite a lot of baggage. It's a whole lot of kind of Old Testament stuff and law stuff and all of that. But we almost need to say, you know, I've arrived from Mars, um, and I've been told about this particular covenant, this particular agreement between God and mankind, and I want to study study the Scriptures. And I guess in the studying the Scriptures, there may be a, a, a cursory... Uh, Review of pre-law, post-law, but I think we would probably, as Martians go, and we would we would go into this New Testament and we'd look as to what it what it has to say, and there's a lot of references to finances. Paul talks a lot about it. James talks a lot about it. But we would probably spend quite a lot of time uh, in two Corinthians eight and nine. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians. I mean. It is a chunky bit of scripture, and it's all got to do with finances. So I think we would probably look at that. And I think our conclusion would be, we would look at it, we'd say, yes, I see this has all got to do with uh, raising an offering for the church in Jerusalem, but I think we would apply that same principles that, that, that Paul is trying to teach the Corinthians to all our giving, it could be the local body, it could be friends, it could be the poor, it could be widows, it could be orphans. I think our conclusion would be this, this sets out something to take us from a place of freedom into fruitfulness. And we see that... Um, in two Corinthians, I mean, they, they, it's it's two chapters, but it's you know something like twenty twenty-eight verses. So it is a chunky bit that Paul has to say about it. And if he'd wanted to say something different uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I think he would have done it here. If he had some other God views, they would have come out here. And he, he really speaks to the Corinthians. He said, and 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 he uses uh, as his point of reference in this. In this position of fruitfulness, not in getting provision, but in the fruitfulness uh, of giving, he, he uses the Macedonian church, which is the Philippi, Philippi, Philippi or the Philippian church. And these guys somehow, they they weren't taught, they somehow caught this grace of giving. They just, they must have been so bowled over by this good news their love for Jesus, they wishing to really partake in the spreading of this gospel, a compassion for their fellow saints in Jerusalem, that, that Paul speaks to the Corinthians about them. And he said, you know, these guys, they, they were poor, they were under persecution, and yet this grace just rose up. Now, they were never giving to get, they were just giving because they loved God so much, and it's the same guys. These this Macedonian uh, church of Philippi that Paul talks about in Philippians four nineteen, where he said, "Guys, now you you've been supporting me in my ministry, um, and you know, guys, relax. I know you, you tend to kind of overgive and you go give beyond what you have, but my God will provide all your needs, so don't don't worry about about that." So anyway, so Paul takes this and and he says, "Guys, I want to teach you uh, Corinthians this question of now you are fully provided for in Christ. Now you are released in freedom to start to start giving." And and he goes then through uh, Corinthians, uh, two Corinthians eight, and there are a couple of things that that he tells them. Um, uh, about that, he, he he says, "Look, guys, you got to you got to be um, you've got to be purposeful. You know, set aside some money, put it aside." Uh, he talks about good administration of the money that's put aside. So we would hope, whoever administers the the finances of this church or wherever we might give, there's good administration. He brings Titus. Uh, he, he refers to Titus and, and Luke, and they're going to kind of look after this money, and very very importantly, he also talks about the question about it's really not so much the the amount of money you're giving. Um, he talks about it's as you have, whatever you have, small or large, so the, the grace of giving is not the amount, but it's giving, uh, and the measure is what you give from the amount that you have. So you might land up uh, giving a little. Uh, but, you, um, you know, the, the blessing over that to you and the blessing in the eyes of God is, is, is great. So, he goes through this and then um, the, the thing about why I think we have to be taught is that it doesn't come naturally. I think that within our humanity we learn exactly the opposite. Is actually keeping his good, not giving away. So that's why Paul's got to kind of go through this this, this, this teaching, uh, w- w- which he does in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And so he do- goes through that. some of the key things as well that we already know. He said, guys, when you're giving, um, the first thing is the freedom that you have is that you determine in your own heart, not not some Old Testament stuff. You determine your own heart what you are going to give. And in that determination, make sure that you're not giving sorrowfully or reluctantly um, and make sure that this is not under compulsion. And, And so those are really, really key things. We are free. We are fully provided for. And now we have a freedom in our giving. And we decide in our own hearts. We decide that we want to give, and if we give, we're urged to give joyfully. Now it's a whole different, this is now not law. This is now you'd better give, otherwise God's going to get you. Or, boy, you'd better give because God will be unhappy with you. Or, dare I say, if you don't give, you're going to get cursed. We've kind of moved well beyond that. And we move into this glorious freedom where we decide, we give joyfully, we give joyously, we're not under compulsion. And when I say not under compulsion, um, there's a difference between compulsion and obedience. So if Holy Spirit says to us, uh, I really feel you need to do something, now that's not compulsion. Compulsion, I see it as, as, as an exterior thing. Somebody else, a third party, not God, not Holy Spirit, is, is, is compelling us, forcing us, to give. And we see that, we have seen that, and we've seen that in, in certain preachings in, in the body of Christ. But of course, in 2 Corinthians 9, um, we then hit somewhat of a stumble or potential stumble. Because then Paul goes on to say, hey guys, but just remember that whoever gives sparingly will also reap sparingly, whoever gives generously will also reap generously. Now, we can really get back for because now we're almost now feeling compelled because we need we have needs to be met um and if we have needs to be met how do we we to meet those needs we better give generously because we'll reap generously now we've we, we're back into bondage but the point of the the point of these paragraphs and these verses is not to do with our own needs we're already Our needs are already met in Christ. This has all got to do with the ministry and the fruitfulness of sowing. Uh, And so it's got to do with those seeds. And I think that is really absolutely critical because otherwise we're back into bondage where we say we've left law, uh, but now we are compelled because we have a great need, so we better give a lot. And now we've we've moved into a cycle of bondage uh, as such. Um, and I and I say that because um, later on, what Paul says in the same chapter, he says, "Guys, understand this." He 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 reminds us and separates that we are already provided for with this this gift and this grace and this ministry of giving. Because when he goes on to say, "Now understand this, guys," uh, for he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed. I want to repeat that. He provides, the Father provides seed for sowing, bread for food. uh, And as He does that, He will also supply uh, and increase your store of seed. Not your store of bread. Your store of bread you've already been provided for. Lord give us this day our daily bread. We are already provided for. We don't this this giving we're doing is all got to do with sowing seed to see this gospel go out, to see the poor no longer poor, to see those who need to be clothed to be clothed, to see our neighbours in need looked after, to really see ministry spread out. So we've got to understand that, that that we already have the bread. Um, and then we get seed. And as we sow seed, we get more seed. We don't get more bread. How do we get more bread? Lord, it's a new covenant. It's grace. Lord, I have a need, and I'm just believing you for that need, and, and that is it. We, we, we already have our bread. And I believe that as we, we walk and we grow on both sides, we grow in this in this absolute realization that we are provided for, and as we grow in this area of sowing seed and receiving seed and sowing seed and receiving seed i think they both can happen at the same time although it's different so i, I think that that we want to move from christians who see themselves as the kind of the you know the the, the third car, the third class in the train you know what i mean uh, we want we want to see ourselves well supplied. we have an expectation of being well supplied on the on on the bread side on our own provision side, and we're comfortable at that and we as we as we mature and get stronger and greater trusting in our own provision, we get more bread we get better bread, I think, but simultaneously we're doing something else, and we're sowing, and as he trusts us in the sowing uh, uh, he gives us more seed and so so that's really how how I believe. The, the New Testament um, sees this whole question of firstly our own provision, and then secondly the fruitfulness of the grace of giving. Um, so you, you say, Well, that's great, Mark. Look, if my needs are already met in Christ, I'd have to do this whole giving thing and the seed, sowing the seed and getting seed back. Well, Why? We do it because we please God, because we love Jesus, because we we committed to the cause, because we have compassion for people. uh, And we really do it because, actually, we bring a little bit of heaven down to earth as we emulate the heart of God, the heart of Jesus, and as we emulate that. That's really uh, why we do it. I I really want to chat about another thing, and that is really... um, Chat to the tithers. When I say tithers, um, I mean those people who have been committed and have given generously, and say even given generously into, into our local, in, you know, into, into our local body. Firstly, I really want to commend the tithers. Why? Well, I, I think that the tithers, those who, for whatever reason, sometimes good, sometimes bad, I have to say, uh, have really. Kind of supported the body of Christ uh, in, I would say, say the mid 20th century onwards. You know, so so much of the the, the rediscovery of the new truth didn't come through to tra- traditional churches, uh, but came through fledgling churches, uh, and it was the tithers who really kind of supported those churches, and and, and thereby actually uh, really did support. Uh, the body of Christ in terms of getting it in many, many areas into a place of uh, uh, of both freedom and fruitfulness. So it's not just, well, well, you happen to give your 10%. I think those people who have supported ministry really do need to be to, to be acknowledged. But I do think, as we want to walk from freedom to more fruitfulness, that even for the regular givers... Uh, wherever that might giving might be it, it, especially when it 's the giving into the local church, I think it is a time for reevaluation. and we need to say to ourselves, the dutiful ones, and as Rob said it, those who 've had tithing drummed into them and they just tithe for for, for, for us to to reevaluate the, why, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this giving? Why am I tithing? Why am I supporting the local, the local ministry? Am I? Is there joy in my giving? Am I? Do, is there any compulsion? Do I have any hangover from those, kind of, um, Malachi days where you will get cursed? Is is there anything there, Lord, in my heart that is not making me joyful? Freedom. I've decided in my own heart. This is what, what I want to do because I'm so co- kind of committed to this particular cause. And I think if we do go through that heart conversion as, as, as the tithers, we leave behind all of the stuff, candidly, of, of, of the Old Testament, and we start giving with joy and in freedom into our local body, I really do see that there will be more seed for more giving, for more seed for, for more giving. And I think that is really, really key, and I think some sometimes i mean we 've heard that 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 preaching, and that 's sometimes why we uh, we scared in this area uh, of the tithe where we 've heard well, you know that ten percent belongs to God, boy, you touch that you you know you 're in trouble well i don 't believe that at all you know if you look at Adam and Eve they <laughs> They were given stewardship of everything. They weren't given stewardship of 90% and not the 10%. And so so you with your finances have been given stewardship both for what you give and how you manage the rest of your finances. So never think, well, I'm not going to touch God's but because it's all yours. Now you decide what you're going to do with it. Always remembering that you're already provided for and always remembering that there's great fruit and great change and great benefit uh, in establishing the kingdom uh, and setting people free as, as we as we, we do give the the other thing th- th- that th- that I also want to maybe point out um, and and it's delicate but it's important for those who kind of got this strong tithe picture is that Abraham who was already financially blessed, if you remember. He goes to battle. He gets huge spoils. So he's not, he then meets Melchizedek, who's both a priest and king, very unusual person, king of Salem, king of Jerusalem. And out of respect to this king-priest, he, out of his own heart, decides to give. And he does give a tenth of his spoils. Um, so we see that, we also see for the tithers and that dotted line that goes through, I think, into to Romans, where um, uh, where Paul is 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 talking about, well, as Melchizedek was a was both priest and king, so Jesus is, and then there's a bit of a dotted line. Well, that means kind of ten percent as as well. And I and I can buy into that, and I think there's there, there there is truth in that, but the one thing that I would like like to say to the tithers is that that Melchizedek gave, uh, I mean Abraham gave to Melchizedek a person. Melchizedek gave, and, and Jesus is 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 a uh, is is a, a form of, in in a sense of of Melchizedek, so. Your giving is giving, in a sense. Thereby, if you're a tither to Jesus, well, who is Jesus? Is it really um, some institution? Um, you know, Paul. Paul said. I mean, uh, Jesus says with the sheep and the goats. He said, you know, as he's separating the sheep and the goats, and they say, well, Jesus, when when did we when did we feed you when you were hungry? When did we give you drink when you were thirsty? when were you a stranger and you invited us in? Or when did we do these to strangers? When did we clothe people who needed clothing? When did we look after the sick? When did we do all of these things? And he said, whatever you do for the the least of all, you do unto me. So so what I'm saying to the tithers is that you, you have freedom. Your giving, Holy Spirit giving to the poor, to wherever, is as much giving to Jesus as giving into the local body, and hopefully that creates a freedom for you to say, "Lord, wh- what do I do with this finances that, that that I've set aside?" I would really hope for everybody, those who've got a lot, those who've got a little, would have a heart for the fruitfulness in this local body. You know, we 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 are provided for as a local body, but more particularly um, about Seven eighths of, of, of our finances that come into our local body basically go to people. Go to Rob and Kirsty. There's a small stipend for for the uh, for the elders. We pay petrol money for Pete and Alicia, and a little bit of money. We do we buy things like better sound equipment. So, but it goes to people as opposed to an institution. I to really hope that that if there's fruit here. Um, and that you 're committed here, and that you are loving this place and you 're loving them, I mean really to tell you to tell the truth in relative terms, we need Robin Cursey should be receiving more bucks you know that that 's the truth of the matter, and so when you decide before Holy Spirit about your giving, I would think that, and I would trust that that you know that the local body still remains high high on your agenda so just in conclusion, then, um, we are so we're, we're already provided for. We are already abundantly supplied in Christ. So we don't have to do anything to get that. That's a done deal. We have to believe and receive. Uh, but we do want to be taught and urged to move into fruitfulness, to financial fruitfulness, by sowing as we're led by Holy Spirit and the amounts led by Holy Spirit. And I do believe that as we do this and as we grow into this, I do believe that I think that there are many who really pursue this, who accidentally actually walk into wealth. I really do. Now, the word says don't chase wealth, but I I really do believe that almost accidentally there are going to be people in the body of Christ who are just such free givers and they receive so much more, and they give so much more, and so, they, they become into a deeper, deeper realization that I'm already wealthy in Christ, that almost by osmosis, uh, I think we're going to see in the body of Christ people who are wealthy, uh, not by their own hard work, but by the absolute grace of God. So that's really pretty much what I have to say. But I have put in a diary notes um, and the next time I'll be talking to you will be in late 2031. So I, I know that's a long time, uh, and I know those who are under significant uh, condemnation, there's time for counseling. Uh, Gina can refer you to the right people. But there is excitement ahead because we really do look forward, Jacques, to your your. your I was thinking about Jacques, you know, so we, we talk about you know this whole move in the body of Christ and in the area of what Jacques 's going to be talking about you know from 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 freedom into fruitfulness now I, I see fruitfulness when I look at the kids, but i 'm very interested to see what you 're going to say to us concerning freedom in this area so bless you guys, can I just pray and and I just really want to pray the following father that that we We want to come out of bondage as believers. We want to come to the deep realization that our needs are already met. That's the truth of it. That is our divine inheritance. We are blessed people uh, and we fully expect to see that manifest as we stand firm uh, and as we obey you Holy Spirit concerning our own finances that we will get better bread and more bread Uh, not to be proudful, not to be haughty, but to reflect something of the extravagance of God in our lives. But at the same time, Lord, we really do pray that you teach us, those who've got a lot, those who've got a little, to start walking this journey um, of fruitfulness in the area of giving, and that we can give a little maybe to start, maybe a lot to start, anticipating more to come in and more to give away. And we will see society transformed. We will see people's lives transformed. Uh, And we will be wonderful, good, and faithful servants. And so, Lord, just we pray, Holy Spirit, grace us and guide us on this journey. In Jesus' name, amen.